When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. He leaves away. Australia are away. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Donaldson strikes again. She's on a hat trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catch is taken by Perry. The Australian women's cricket Hello and welcome back to The Scoop. We are the cricket podcast dedicated to the women's game. My name is Emily Collin. And I'm Laura Jolly. And LJ, it's finally here. The World Cup is finally under underway here in New Zealand. So on today's show, we were joined by Nicola Carey after she made her ODI World Cup debut. So Nicola joined us for a very amusing chat and possibly a bit relatable. She was kind of talking through her daily routine and <laughs> it's kind of... Maybe we'll just, we won't spoil anything, but completely the opposite to what you might expect from from someone like Meg Lanning. So we hope you enjoy that chat, but it really has been the dream start for the Aussie team. So they've got two wins, two wins from two games and they're, they're sitting on top of the ladder. I think it came a little bit close in that first match against England. We were, we were sitting in the press box at one point and when Nat, Nat Siver was batting absolutely beautifully and it looked like she was going to possibly get it done for England but it was certainly good for the Aussies to pass that test early on. Yeah it definitely was and I mean what a remarkable game you think Australia score 310 and that's the game done but England came so close to chasing it down it took that ice in her veins Jess Jonathan at the end there to come on and bowl that final over and seal the victory which was a big confidence boost for Australia um, then heading into into the next match and off to the beautiful Mount Monganui. Mount Monganui, what a place it was. It was my first time there and I'd like ever since I've been covering the Aussies, I've always just heard how much they, they love the mount, they love travelling there, they love Bay Oval and I finally got to see why. Magnificent place. So the Aussies, yeah, they travelled to Mount Monganui. A uh, bit of a tricky a tricky match against Pakistan who they haven't faced for a long time. So, And they had the opportunity to switch things up. So we saw the two leg spinners working in tandem. Of course, Amanda Jade Wellington coming into the side alongside Alana King. Uh, LJ, you spoke to Amanda Jade Wellington. I think it was in quarantine and, yeah, good to get a sense for how how she's evolved as a player and really worked on like getting herself into the positive mindset she needs to be in to play her best cricket. Yeah, it was really awesome to see her get picked after she wasn't used in those warm-up games. Uh, I was thinking she must be quite far down the pecking order to get a go, but with Ash Gardner obviously still in isolation and T-Mac um, and Darcy Brown sitting out that match, she got her opportunity. 
And yeah, she she had a pretty good chat to me in quarantine about how when she first came into the team, she was only 19, things had come so naturally to her to that point. She made a state debut at 15. She was ridiculously talented. But then the, the depth in Australian domestic cricket was growing so fast, she perhaps didn't realise how hard you had to work to stay in the Aussie team and at international level once you got there. So... This is sort of, you know, take two for Wello at international cricket and she bowled really, really well. Yeah, she bowled absolutely beautifully. So hopefully I'm sure there'll be plenty of Amanda Jade Wellington fans who will hopefully see plenty more of that in the in the coming matches. But looking around the grounds, it's certainly been an exciting start to this World Cup. There's been some cracking matches and we'll start with the West Indies. Like they couldn't have, they, they've set the tournament alight. Firstly, they knocked the hosts off New Zealand in a final over thriller, Deandra Dotton. I don't think she'd bowled all day and you said she hadn't bowled for, for a fair while and she comes on and bowls the final over of the match and she bowls her team to a remarkable victory <laughs> against New Zealand. Yeah, and then the uh, the game on Wednesday, I think it was, <laughs> England was just absolutely incredible. Um, you know, they scrapped really hard to make it to 220-odd runs when it didn't look like they were going to put on that sort of total and then to defend that against this England side... And remarkably, they had them five for 90-odd. Mm. They had that incredible – a couple of incredible partnerships with Danny White and Sophia Dunkley. Yeah. Then they had that 60-run stand for the ninth wicket with um, Kate Cross and Sophie Eccleston. And you just thought, oh, England are going to steal this. They're going to win it. And then for Kate Cross to get run out at the non-strikers end <laughs> and then for Anissa Muhammad to bowl on your shrub sole and get that win for the Windies is just incredible – and I have to admit, I really underestimated the Windies. Um, looking at their warm-up form, they looked a little uninspired. They didn't look like... But, you know, bring on the real matches for points and they are a completely different unit and really looking forward to seeing them play Australia next week. Yeah, big time. I think a lot of us will, a lot of us were sort of speaking, we kind of had in our minds that there might be five teams who had like a real crack at making these semis and we'll admit we didn't, we didn't have the Windies in there. But this has made it so interesting and... Particularly if you look at England, the pressure is certainly on them. They've gone winless from their first two matches and I think they've got three really challenging matches coming up for them. So it's going to be really interesting to see how it all pans up. But next up for the Aussies, they've got a a really exciting clash against the White Ferns. The hosts who they know really well, we've seen some of those girls in the WBBL. So I cannot wait for that for that match it's going to be great to see particularly after New Zealand spanked the Aussies in the World Cup it'll be really good to see how the Aussies respond to that and I think they both Meg and Moddy mentioned they didn't reveal all their cards in that warm-up so it'll be good to see what plans they decide to go with for to get the likes of Sophie Devine and Susie Bates out so that is on Sunday and remember Aussie fans you can watch that live on KO and Foxtel but for now here is Nicola Carey. And Nicola Carey, welcome to The Scoop for the very first time. This is your Scoop debut, so we're very happy to have you on. Nick, you've been in New Zealand for, like, it's already been about a month. How are you going? How's the team going? Like, how are all the vibes and everything a couple of weeks into this World Cup? Yeah, everything's um, going pretty smoothly, I would say, apart from the fact that we've got someone um, in hotel isolation um, for COVID. But other than that, the girls are um, going really well. Um, I suppose those couple of wins at the start of the tournament have certainly helped those vibes. So, um, yeah, everything's going smoothly and on to Wellington today. And what have you been able to get up to so far over here? Did you make it back up Mount Monganui again this time? 
Uh, no, safe to say I didn't um, take myself back up the mountain. I know uh, a couple of the girls have um, certainly made the trip up there, but I did it this time last year. And, um, yeah, I think one time is enough. I've seen what, what it has to offer up there. And um, it was a pretty steep and uh, tiring <laughs> climb. So um, I think once, once we'll do it. Nick, so on your ideal day off, so, like, just imagine you've got a whole day off on tour, like, what does your perfect day look like? Just walk us through exactly what you would do. Look, not a lot happens on my days off, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. Um, I generally will set an alarm for a time that I'll never actually get up at. So, like, I've actually got a roommate at the minute, Jono, and I actually had to turn my alarm down because I was snoozing it so many times and I was, like, getting really self-conscious and I was going to wake her up in the other room and I'm like, I can't be doing that. So so I set like a silly alarm that I know I'm not going to get up to because I have nothing to go to. So I'll snooze that for a good 30 to 45 minutes, I reckon, and then I'll get over hearing it and then I'll get up. Um, And then I'll sort of venture down to like a cafe and um, grab a takeaway coffee or maybe I'll sit in, it depends. Um, And then like I'll almost be like, okay, I can achieve something, I've got a coffee, and then I'm like, what am I going to do with my day? So maybe like go for a walk. I don't mind like a podcast walk, but like, yeah, I reckon I've done that once in about four weeks since I've been here, so I can't say that that's my go-to. And then there's not really much else to it. I sort of just like wander around and then the day sort of goes by and I think, geez, you haven't done a lot with your day and what a waste that was and can't wait for training tomorrow. So there you go. There's a good insight into my day off. Well, I I rate your approach to the alarms. Nothing freaks me out more than people who set one alarm and that's it. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I can't. I don't know how people do it. Like I don't know how you set an alarm and get straight out of bed. There's no way. And my room is that dark. Like I actually think my clock's lying to me. I'm like, there's no way it's like eight o'clock right now it is pitch black in here it is eight o'clock though <laughs> and can you tell us a bit more about some of the team dynamics who who are the early birds that get up before everyone else and always getting up and about you, you just mentioned to us that Meg goes off walking and never comes back <laughs> yeah Meg's up there Meg like yeah Meg is just so different from myself um she <laughs> gets up super early walks for days like we 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 had training the other day and we finished it I don't know it was like 5 five thirty or whatever so most people are like yes can't wait to get home we'll get some dinner no nah, not mad we'll walk home as well we'll walk all day we'll train all day and then we'll walk home from training <laughs> I'm thinking that couldn't that couldn't sound any worse to me so um yeah Meg's certainly that person that wants to make the most of her day I guess that's sort of one of those things how many steps can you get in in a day um I'd love to know for her because it's unbelievable um I'm sure there's a few other early risers but I feel like there's a lot of people that sort of just you know don't mind a bit of a sleep in and then just get up and go about their days um like everyone else approach (laughs) like the opposite of Meg um and aren't too worried about their step count so look everyone's different each to their own but yeah I can't do what Meg does and who are the like who are the your teammates that are sort of always keen to like get adventuring and really pack their days with activities and all the rest like we saw Wello Grace and Redders they seem to just just about do every single activity that Christchurch had to offer yeah, those three are thick as thieves. Um, quite the group, really. Um, not a lot of silence with Grace Harris in that group. So, yeah, they were basically telling me that their mission while they're over here is to try and spend their entire allowance that they've been given, um, <laughs> which would be quite a feat to, to do that. So that's why they're going on um, all, all doing all these activities, which is an interesting um, interesting goal to set. But, um, look, good luck to them, and um, I'm sure they're having a lot of fun along the way. Um, you, we know you've had some new- Newcomers into the squad um, recently with Kingy, Grace and Wallow coming back in. Um, what did they add to the squad? Yeah, look, a lot of character um, amongst those three. Grace Grace adds a lot of, just a lot of 
talking. Like I sat on, I had to run drinks with her the other day. Um, and again, there wasn't a lot of silence. And like, she's someone who knows like heaps of random facts. So just like the most random thing, like she was telling me about the bus seats the other day. And I'm thinking, how, I go, how do you know that stuff? And she goes, how do you not know that stuff? I'm like, where would you find that information? She goes, well, I like to ask a lot of questions. So I've, I've asked the bus driver before and she was telling me how they're the comfiest seats ever. And this is why. And I'm like, and then, and then Wellow's another one, right? So I got a real education the other day on the sidelines. Wellow has a lot of pets and like a lot of <laughs> unusual pets. Like the, like the dogs aren't unusual, but she has four, four Frenchies, I think they are. And I'm thinking like, she's genuinely got a zoo and I was getting an education on like the snakes. Like she's got a snake and they were telling me how you feed the snakes. So I was just... Those two are just like, I'm just learning things that I just, I don't really need to know about, but like very interesting <laughs> at the same time. So I've just got like people, yeah, people like that, that are just really educating me while I'm here. And then Kingy's just flair. Kingy's just like, you know, a bit loud, like literally loud. Like I can hear her having a conversation from about 20 metres away. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, very like flamboyant, you know, like got the loud sunnies when she bowls and all that sort of stuff. So nah, they've, they've all actually been really good additions to the squad um, and I'm sure they're enjoying their time while they're away. Oh, good. And Nick, we know you mentioned earlier that you've got one poor soul that's in hotel isolation at the moment. Your good friend, uh, Ash Gardner. Have you spoken much to Ash and, and how's she going along in, in isolation? Yeah, I've spoken. Um, I've spoken to her on most days, I think. I sort of check in. I think she's going okay. She um, When I first messaged her, she was getting moved to a different room because um, she so she could have a balcony and get the fresh air and all that sort of stuff and she was pretty chuffed with um pretty chuffed with the room that she ended up with I think it's a bit of a palace upstairs must be sort oh, of right. a penthouse level 13 that um Meg and Maddie often find themselves in so um yeah Ash got a taste of the high life there I think um albeit through unfortunate circumstances but um yeah I think she's she's going well um I think by all reports she's healthy and and feeling okay and she thinks she rejoins the group on Saturday morning which I'm sure she's looking forward to that. That'll be really good and we're glad to hear she's feeling all right. Um, We know you two are are bezies and spent a lot of time together. Were you a little bit worried you might have got it somehow too? Well, there was a bit of concern there because we actually sit next to each other on the bus and we often go out to dinner and stuff together. Um, there was Heather Graham was also a little bit concerned because she um, often comes to dinner with us as well. But look, they've put protocols in place and I feel like we've followed them pretty well and they seem to be working because, you know, we sat next to each other on the bus but got a mask on um, at all times while you're indoors. So they work, can confirm. And um we've been at dinner we've been outside yeah I'm usually also at the time yeah I don't get too close to Ash albeit that we sit next to each other on the bus so um yeah I was a bit nervous for the first few days after that but once all those test results came back I was I was fine <laughs> great result and so Nick onto the cricket so you had two wins from two games like perfect start to the World Cup really after a pretty pretty tight match against England what was the discussion amongst the group last night like and is everyone pretty pretty happy with where the group's at after this this uh first couple of games yeah, I think so. I think, um, yeah, England are a really good challenge. So um, to get them first up in a tournament like this and, and get over the line in a high-scoring affair, um, you take a lot of confidence out of that. So, yeah, we were stoked with that. And then to come into this game against Pakistan last night um, and get a really solid win there as well, it's a really a really good start for, for our girls. And um, we'll take that into our game against New Zealand on, on Sunday. And I'm sure we'll have some things to chat about over the next few days and work on a few things Um E.g. for me, landing the ball on the pitch, you know, more often than not. Um, 
Um, but yeah, no, nah, the girls are in a really good place. Two solid wins to start. So yeah, we couldn't ask so much more. I'm um, heading into game three. And I guess yesterday was your ODI World Cup debut. Um, aside from the couple of balls that didn't land on the pitch, how did you find the experience and <laughs> playing against Pakistan? Yeah, no, it was really good. It was nice to sort of get out there and have a bit of a run around so, um, and get involved in the action. So that was nice. Um, yeah, a couple of balls sort of slipped out of the hand. Oops, a daisy. Um, <laughs> but we got out of that sort of reasonably unscathed. So, um, yeah, it was really cool. Like, as you said, um, debuting in ODI World Cup, pretty special. So, yeah, we'll certainly um, take that experience and, yeah, hopefully there's more to come. Yeah, Nick, we know like here in New Zealand, a lot of these selection decisions are coming down to the conditions. We saw the two leggies take the field yesterday. Is that the chat that's been coming from Maudie and Meg to yourself that you might look to play a bigger role leading into the back end of this tournament? Is that something you'd be keen to do? Oh, look, yeah, any opportunity I get, I'd, I'd certainly be keen to take it. Um we haven't had too much chat around that sort of stuff given you, we play a game and then we move on to another venue. So, mm. yeah, I guess the conditions do play a, a big part in um, their selection calls. And, um, yeah, as you saw, the two leggies yesterday, which worked really well. And um, who knows what we'll get in Wellington. But, um, yeah, I guess they sort of just get there and then sum it up um, as we go. And, yeah, if you get the nod, you get the nod. And if not, there's so many people that can sort of fill a role in this squad. And, um, yeah, that's why the team's been so successful over the last little period, I think. And how you have you been feeling about your own game heading into this World Cup? Uh, it's obviously so hard to crack into this 11. What sort of – what do you try and work on to give yourself a bit of an edge? Give myself a bit of an edge? Um, oh, I just sort of – yeah, I think everyone in this squad is, like, so – like, is sort of unique in their own way. Like, we've – everyone – yeah, they've got their own sort of little tricks and stuff that they do that is different from the next person. So I think for me, like, um, yeah, like what we're talking about with conditions and stuff, like the stuff that sort of suits me, it's sort of just working on like, you know, sort of targeting the stumps and all that sort of stuff with a bit of off pace and um, just really nailing that stuff. And, um, yeah, we've spoken a little bit about death bowling as well. Um, you know, we've had a couple of games where, you know, we've had some, some set batters and um, we've had to sort of, try and you know slow them down or get them out or whatever it may be so yeah we've had a little bit of chat around that and so just sort of like working on those sorts of things in the nets and mucking around with a few different things and um yeah coming up with new plans for those sorts of batters so um nothing nothing too outrageous just sort of the little things like nailing what you're already doing or what your job in the team already is and yeah hopefully getting that that down yeah nice and so Nick you made the move down to Tassie from New South Wales in 2019 do you feel like that's something that's paid off for you and you feel like you've sort of grown as a cricketer and a person since then I hope so. Um, yeah, I think so. Like it was a, <laughs> I hope I haven't gone back. But, um, yeah, no, nah, it's been a really good move down there. Like it's a, you know, it's a whole different experience, whole new set of opportunities that sort of came with that and um, sort of taking up different roles within the two different teams that I'm now playing in. So yeah, you certainly like have learned a lot from that and um, being around different coaches and you players, you can learn different things from a fresh perspectives of being, um, you know, and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually following along. The girls are playing today, so if everyone wants to get around that and watch the girls play. Um, With the Tigers. <laughs> yeah, so it's been really good, though. And ahead of the New Zealand game, you guys obviously know this team pretty much inside out. You've played them a lot in recent years. How do you go about preparing to, to play them? Yeah, that's right. We have played them. We played them this time last year, a whole series um, in New Zealand. So, yeah, we, a lot of them play in our big bash as well, so we get a good look at them, and um, they've certainly had a good look at us as well. Um, they've got a few – we've got a lot of really dangerous players in their lineup, so um, – yeah, we sort of chat about that in our little specialist groups, the batters, bowlers, and 
well, the spinners and bowls as well, but they're in their own separate group. Um, <laughs> we all get together and have a little chat about them. But yeah, it was we played them in the warm up game, and um, obviously Sophie Devine had an incredible innings, and Amelia Kerr as well, um, and she's been rock solid for them for the last little period, which has been really good for them. So um, yeah, no doubt we'll have a look at some of that stuff um, and we'll come up with our plans for them for Sunday. Yeah. And as you mentioned, Nick, you know them pretty well. Like a lot of them have been like mainstays in the WBBL, like Soph Devine and Susie Bates and a lot of a lot of the other girls have you would been in the hub with them. Is it, Does that kind of make it more fun for you guys to try and go out and beat them with you knowing them a little bit better? Well, I actually haven't played with a lot of them or any of them in Big Bash. And I don't think the only Kiwi I've played with is Precy and she's no longer um, in the New Zealand setup. So I don't know them sort of on that personal level, but I'm sure no doubt some of the girls that have played with them um, certainly enjoy that extra banter side of things, I guess, and, you know, trying to beat their mates on the field. Um but yeah, I don't, I don't really know them that well personally. So <laughs> I don't get a lecture bit of enjoyment out of playing against them. And um, we know they've got a lot of damaging batters who are really in really good form as we saw in the warm up. Um, what sort of stuff are you guys going to do in the next few days to plan for them and, uh, you know, work out how to try and contain them? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, we had some good discussions after that, that practice match um, against New Zealand sort of, yeah, generated some really good chat around sort of, you know, like what are your plans to to get a batter out initially? And then if someone, you know, like Soph Devine gets set, mm. how do you then sort of keep it under control? So we had some really good chats around that and, um, you know, hence that chat around um, the death bowling side of things in the nets and working on different things you can sort of do there. Um, in a weird kind of way, it was kind of good and off sort of mm. made us sit back and have a think about, yeah, being really clear on those sorts of plans because, you know, there's players in there's players like that in every team that we can come up against so not just so divine but you know any team can sort of is capable of that and we saw that in the last um odi world cup in 2017 so being really clear on those sorts of plans and um yeah really nailing that at practice so you can take them into the game to sort of hopefully avoid um what happened in that practice game nice one nick well we wish you all the very best for the match against new zealand it's certainly going to be a cracker um enjoy the travels to wellington and we'll, we'll catch you down there thank you for joining us thanks for having me guys <laughs> great chats Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catches Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.